to Cherry's World. Hey, 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 welcome to Cherry's World. Today we are going to tackle some serious topics. Our topics are HIV and AIDS. HIV and AIDS are two things that we've all heard of, but there's so many stereotypes and misconceptions. We all have this thing in our head thinking, oh, it happens to them, but not me. I want to bring HIV and AIDS full circle. We want to educate you and we want to let you know just how close AIDS and HIV is to you. I have a friend that's coming along and her name is Cece. Cece was willing to come on and share her story and help me get rid of these myths and these stereotypes that come along with HIV and AIDS. So stay tuned and listen to Cece's story. Okay. Hi, this is Cece, and you're listening to Sherry's World, and HIV ain't me. This is Cherry's World. A natural detox can improve everybody's overall health. If you are suffering from obesity, high blood pressure, lupus, diabetes, fibromyalgia, diverticulitis, or if you need to improve your heart health, a natural detoxification can help you. Are you interested in some anti-aging or some Alzheimer's prevention? Hit us up at www.teamcherryj.com. Would you like to advertise on Cherry's World and have your product placed on Cherry's social media for the world to see? Email us now at cherriesworldpodcast at gmail.com for low introductory rates. Cherry's World Podcast. Get heard. Welcome to Cherry's World. excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I am really excited to see C and actually I met her through Team Cherry J. She came on and did our detox program. Yes. Thank yes, you for yes. trusting us, Cece. So tell us how did you even find Team Cherry J? Okay, so I found you first because I was looking at something HIV and AIDS related on Instagram and I saw that you had posted something um, in support of the cause and I was like, wow, someone with a platform is actually, you know, using that to spread this word because you don't usually see that. So I connected with you and then through that, I was like, wow, you're doing so much. So I wanted to try that out. So me and my sister attempted <laughs> thank y'all and how did it go it was difficult for me at first just because you know my eating habits are so off but I could definitely tell within a couple days that okay I can see what's going on here I'm not sure if my sister um you know finished her program or not but I still have it I'm going to revisit it at another time in life not right now I'm excited that you at least took the information, held on to it, and you did see a difference. Yes, 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 for sure. And you know, with the whole talk of Dr. Sabi and everything, I was like, okay, yes, these natural things in our body and what we're eating is probably not the best thing for us. You know, those processed foods and everything that we grew up on, I grew up on being poor, those were the things that were offered to us. And as I grow up and get a 
more consciousness of my eating, I was like, yes, this is something in line with, you know, what I know I should be doing. So, okay, now, Cece, Courtney is the producer of the show. He knows what the show is about today, but I haven't really told him about your story. Okay. What I asked Cece to be on the show today is Cece is HIV positive. Oh, wow. Okay. Cece, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about your story? Okay, so I was diagnosed back in 2008. I was going into my last year of college. It was June, and I was 20 years old. I had gone into the health department to get on birth control, and they offered an HIV test, and I said, sure, took that test. That was on a Friday. They called me back that following Wednesday and um, let me know that I need to come back into the clinic. So I left my mom at home, sleep. We just joked it off. Maybe, you know, it's just something like bacteria, something like that. Well, I get to the doctor's office or back to the clinic, and the lady let me know that my all my other tests had come back negative, but my HIV test had come back positive. And that was in a really small rural town down south. And just the, they weren't very educated, and they didn't leave me very hopeful when I left their office that day. So I felt all alone, felt like I was going to die. And Google, you know, assisted in those thoughts. And here I go almost 11 years later. I've had a son who's negative. He's eight. I've been married, divorced. Um, life goes on. And your partner that you were married to, is he negative or is he positive? He's negative. I have never um, dealt with an HIV positive male. Uh, Cece, I think this, this interview is so important because there's so many stereotypes. People are so uneducated. Can you give a little bit of education of like what you wish more people knew? Oh, gosh. Well, I wish that more people would open their minds enough to become educated because when we say the acronyms HIV and AIDS, um, they are scary because you start to paint these pictures in your head using your past experiences and media helps a lot. With, um, you know, it's a scary virus, which you know it is, but it is manageable and you can definitely live with it. We are not contagious, especially, um, you know, if we're going to the doctor, taking our medicine as we should. The goal with the medication is to become virally suppressed. So the medication helps it to where I cannot pass it um, to my sexual partners or that's how I was able to give birth to my son naturally. Um, was because I was what they call undetectable. So that virus is not detected in my blood, so I'm unable to transmit it sexually. Um, I just wish that pe more people knew that and gave people with HIV a chance because you block out a whole person if you just take that part to judge who they are as a person. You, we had this talk earlier with Courtney, and I was saying that even though it's not detectable in your blood, so if you take a test and it's not detectable in your blood, does that mean that you cannot transfer it to somebody else? Okay, so this gets into those, you know, like medical technical things, and I'm not a doctor, so I get really hesitant when it's time to speak on that. But we have this campaign called U equals U. So it's the letter U equals sign U. And that is a campaign that is spreading the word that undetectable equals untransmittable. So if I am undetectable, and the CDC is backing us, 
undetectable, virally suppressed, at least six months or more, um, I am unable to pass the virus sexually. Now, they don't include the other transmission methods such as breastfeeding and IV drug use because there's not enough research yet to back that, but for sure, definitely, there's a zero percent chance if you're virally suppressed that you would be able to pass that on to someone else. Thank you so much for answering that question more educated than I could. I have another <laughs> question for you. There's yeah. two medicines on the market. One is called PrEP and one is called PEP. Um, okay. Have you ever heard of them? Yes, I have. And um, so PrEP would be before an exposure exposure to HIV or possible exposure, I'll say. And then PEP would be a post-exposure. So that pill, I believe that they're using for PrEP is called Truvada for PrEP. And that actually, that med, that was one of my regimens a few years ago. So they realized that individuals taking the meds would, um, they were able to not allow the virus to be able to like, I don't know what you call it, develop in your blood or to mutate so if you feel like you've been exposed you know like you had unprotected sex one time and you're unsure where your partner stood they have a pill that you can take to make sure that if you were exposed to the virus that it wouldn't be able to like mutate into hiv and because you can't is a window period to be able to catch it three days Three, you have to take it in three days. You know what I don't understand? And what mm-hmm. really bothers me is that women are raped or men are raped and they don't automatically offer that to them in the emergency room unless they're educated about it. Yes. Um, there are so many things within our community, you know, those disparities within health that, you know, if you don't ask, it will not be done. Um, I had a situation in my own doctor where we were treating one thing and it happened for like a year. And I'm like, no, can we try something else? Like I had to ask and advocate for myself when I'm trusting my medical professional to make those decisions for me or the best choices, at least off of them. But that doesn't happen to us all the time. Absolutely. The other one, pamphlets and stuff. We just get what they give us unless we advocate for ourselves. You, you got to be your biggest advocator. You are your advocator. You are your kid's advocator. I want to get a little, a little personal with you if you're okay with it, Cece. Do you yeah. know who you contracted it from? I mean, I know the answer, but I want the listeners to know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% sure. And it's such a big burden to put on, you know, someone else. I can be 100% in my truth in this around it, Tom. I was a little promiscuous, not a little promiscuous. I was promiscuous, and there were a few partners that I had. Um, I was getting tested, as I should have been. So I can give a time frame and, you know, pretty much who I think it is, but no. Have you ever confronted him? No. Now, the guy that I thought it was, I've never confronted him, but I did see him after I was diagnosed. And he didn't look very good. Like, he just looked sick. And they can, like, have adverse effects because I don't want you to think that HIV just looks sick. But this person looked like they were not taking care of themselves at all. 
So, no, I didn't say anything to him. I won't tell my family who it is because they wanted revenge. Of course. Mm-hmm. They but feel like no. you did it on purpose. Yes, because it just was a funny situation with that individual. One time we walked into a family member house of his, and the girl goes, um, well, this is interesting. And I'm like, what? And now that, you know, hindsight is 2020, or may not be, but I'm like, is that what she was talking about? Did she know something that I didn't know? Um, right. Know. The red flag goes up later and you weren't aware. Yeah. See, you know, one of the things that Courtney and I were talking about is guy talk, right? Guys always mm-hmm. You can't contract it if you just have a one night stand. You you got to be with the person repeatedly. Cece just said that she was married. She has a husband. Her husband was negative. So that's obviously not the truth. What do you think about that? Like, what what do you tell your son, Cece? If I mean, once he becomes age, when we start talking about that, no, you need to protect yourself every time because it takes one time. I know someone that contracted the virus, their first sexual experience. I tried to, um, I kind of compare it to pregnancy. Like every time you get have sex, you don't become pregnant, but there is a chance of it. Just the same thing with HIV. So it's just better to protect yourself at all times because you never know. Susie, I, I really appreciate you being so open because a lot of people are not open. When I think of AIDS, I think of cancer, you know, and AIDS and HIV are not the same thing. So when I think of it, I think of like, you know, different types of cancer. That's all it is. But there's this whole stereotype that comes along with it. And I'm, I'm just thankful that you're open, that you advocate, that you're honest, and that you're here to educate us. Can I ask a question? Absolutely. Um, how many, you might have said it, but do you have to take a lot of pills or is it just like a couple pills? Oh, I'm so glad you asked because I take, thank God, I take one pill once a day and this regimen has been awesome. Now, 11 years almost ago when I got diagnosed, I was taking a liquid and a pill twice a day because this virus is just crazy. Like, I, I inherited what they call a resistance. So some of the medications that were out during that time, and they only had one pill once a day at that time. I couldn't take it because my strain was resistant to one of the medications in it. So I was stuck with taking a disgusting, disgusting liquid, which was so vile and strong. I could take it at night and still taste it in the back of my throat in the morning and a pill which they're large and i hate medicine so that was a struggle and if you don't remember any other time during the day that you have hiv that is the time and then the medicine's huge like and that would you know kind of be one of the reasons why so many of us don't adhere to our medication as we should the side effects can be terrible on those two medicines um they were awful a lot of um, upset stomach, the feeling of nausea, bad dreams, things like that. It's like, yo, I feel better off of the medicine. Yeah. Can you tell me the name of the medicine that you take? Because a lot of people will go in their partner's bathrooms mm. and not really know what to look for. Mm. Okay, so the one I'm taking now is Genvoya. 
um, that they're actually offering me to change because she says that my doctor was trying to explain that there's a modified version of this pill that came out about a year ago. And so she's wanting me to change because they find out after a while that, um, well, the medicine you were on is causing liver damage or kidney damage in other patients. So we're going to switch you. Um, and I've been through that a few different times. So the one I'm on now is Jamboya. I forget the name of the one that she's offering, but I don't know what to suggest to someone who is wishing to look through the medicine cabinet. The only thing I would suggest is that everyone ensure that they get tested. And if you're in a monogamous relationship, ensure that it is really a monogamous relationship and back that up by testing both partners. The only way you ever know. And absolutely, you cannot make sure nowadays that anybody is monogamous, so always protect yourself. I don't care mm-hmm. how faithful you think he is. Mm. I know someone who was um, in an abusive relationship, and the abuser is the one that brought the, back, the virus back to her. So, like, you, we give up so much of ourselves in ways that we don't even realize sometimes. Amazing. So... Can you tell us, would you change life if you could, or do you feel like this journey has a deeper meaning for you? Oh, I'm 100% confident that this journey has a bigger meaning for me. Um, I think to myself sometimes, though, like, would, if HIV were not a factor, if I didn't have it, like, how would life be different for me? I don't know. I don't know if I would be able to see the joy and the sunshine in every day. I know at one time I was praying to leave this place. I was so sad and in a dark place that I couldn't see the sunshine. And now every day I'm just like, yep, well, we made another day. Let's see what we can do with this. Um, And I don't wish HIV on anyone so that they're able to achieve that mindset. So what I try to do is just test their joy and love onto others. And HIV is what did that for me. Cece, I know that there's going to be some people that listen to this um, who have been maybe newly affected. Is What would you want to say to them? Oh, baby, don't give up. You got this. It's not the end of life. You can keep moving. You just may have to operate a little differently, but it's not the end. Can I ask you? Can I ask another question? And um, what do you say about people who say that um, they make it seem, I don't know, maybe you might not have heard this, but they make it seem like HIV, just like cancer, is a a man-made disease used to just for revenue. Um, Like, basically just to keep you as a a drug, a drug addict. Like they say, the money is not in the cure. The money's in the medication. When you hear, if you heard stuff like that, when you, how does that make you feel when you, to hear something like that? I would agree 1000%. Oh, really? Um, (laughs) Yes. But I'm like a character in it now. I have that dependence now because they could just one day just shut the medicine off. And now what would I do? 
I have that dependence. I was able to beat the other statistics in the sense of, you know, I graduated, although had a very traumatic um, childhood, but I was able to go and get a couple of degrees and I was able to go, you know, establish something for myself. I made that. I was married when I had my first child. Cool. But then that statistic, I wasn't able to escape. And so now, yes, I am dependent on a medication that is almost $3,500 a month, I believe, um, a month. So that's over $100 a day for medication, life-sustaining medication. That's um, incredibly insane. So do you, think that they, do you think that they're trying to find a cure or do you think they just want to keep us hooked? you know, as far as either cancer, whether it's cancer, HIV, or do you think that, I, I, I remember you saying, mentioning Dr. CB, I thought you mentioned Dr. CB, but. Yeah. Yeah, so do you think that they actually want to find a cure, or do you think they just are cool with everyone living, being able to live with the disease because of the medication? Do you, do you feel like someone is actually trying to cure you? No. <laughs> I'm hesitant to say that because it probably goes against all that um, advocacy work of so many others. But in my truth, I do not feel like they, no, that's $3,500 a month for one person. And that's just my medication. I just went ahead last done the other day, which they sent me a bill by accident one time. That was $400 just for the lab work. Mm. Um, and I'm doing that at least three times a year. Then the um, actual doctor's visit. Then um, uh, just, I don't know, yeah, the money. I, and if we know our world and our society, how we know our world and society, money runs it. So why would you offer a cure when you could treat somebody forever? I don't know. Wow. That's so heartbreaking. It really is. But like you said, HIV is not the end of the world. I know a lady who's had it since the 80s, and she is alive and well and rolling around LA in her Mercedes that you were talking about earlier, Courtney. And she's doing just fine. In fact, she's a diva and she's beautiful, doing her thing. And just as healthy as can be. And you know what? She always tells me she believes in the Keegan water, that Keegan water, that machine or whatever that goes and gives you your alkaline water. She says that she thinks that helps her out tremendously. I don't know if you ever heard that, Cece, about the Keegan water. I have, and um, I've had a couple experiences where I tried like an herbal route. Matter of fact, it's the first route that I tried because I'm so anti medicine. Mm-hmm. And I was going probably for like the first year and a half, two years of my diagnosis. I would go and rack up on my monthly supplies of herbs. Um, but I was still in a smaller rural um, town down south. So, you know, the access to what I had, I did whatever I did. I would go back to the doctor and decline their medicine every time. It was only once I became pregnant that I decided that I was going to take the medicine because that is what would keep my son negative. Um, I battled this often because I know, you know, they say it's a cure for everything except for death. So I know, but then it's such a big risk to take at this time because once you stop taking those medicines, that strain of virus that you have can then begin to learn how to mutate against that medication. So you're already in a situation where there isn't like a million meds out there that you can choose from to be on. So now you're just limiting your 
your supply each time that you want to deviate from that. I've done it a couple of times. Um, I went back in the water that you were just talking about. The man, he had me drink that. He had me take some other pills for like 30 days. He said, come back, you know, you'll be fine. You'll be cured. So I come back, he tested me in his office and he told me I was negative. So I went back to the health department and they said that I was positive and that I was in denial. So it was like, yo, just go ahead and give me them pills. I don't want to die. And either which way, there's a lot of money in it. Like they were trying to sell me that machine, right? And I was like, (laughs) this is like a $5,000 machine for water. Water's supposed to be free. I Mm. want a $5,000 water machine. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I can't afford it. So, you know, somebody like me, we really not going that way. So, no. That's really sad. Where are you from, if you don't mind me asking? I know this officer. Where are you from? I live in Philly, but I grew up down south in Georgia. Yeah. I I, I heard that in your accent. I heard that. (laughs) Hey, we got Georgia in the house today. We just had one of the boys from Love and Hip Hop on earlier. No, I hear Philly in your accent. Oh, you hear Philly? Yeah, I hear that East Coast. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Hey, Cece. You got degrees, you're well-educated. Are you writing a book? Are you doing any like public speaking? If somebody wanted to get in touch with you and talk to you, or do you mentor? What, what's going on in your world? Okay, so God just told me to start writing and that's what I did. <laughs> so I have a blog called Healing is Voluntary. That is the acronym HIV, Healing is Voluntary. So in this blog, Um, A lot of my earlier posts were just raw and ratchet and just um, pouring out all of my feelings around my diagnosis, my childhood and everything. Um, Now I'm able to use my platform a little bit more because that felt very relieving and I feel so like free, liberated now um, since I got all of that off of me. And it's not that you have to do it in front of the world, but that's just the way that I was instructed to, and it has helped so many other people. So Healing is Voluntary, you can search that on Facebook, you can Google it, it's healinginvoluntary.com. Um, and my social media is just used for motivation, because although my vice, or I don't even know if you would call it a vice, I'm dealing with HIV, but I'm also dealing with that childhood trauma of molestation, abuse, depression, suicide attempts, which is relatable to so many people on so many different levels. So I I talk, the people come to me in my inbox, I pour out so much, you know, just love because I feel like that's what we need. And that's what I use my platform to do. Healing is voluntary. Thank you so much, Cece. Can I get your social media? What's your uh, social media? Yes, if you search the tag Healing is Voluntary, you'll find me. Okay. My Instagram, I won't change it because it is me, but it's C I period C and then it's six eyes. I, 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 C, C. And you'll see why it's named that once you get there. Um, I'm the same person offline that I am online. I'm sent here with a purpose, you know. I know I represent tenacity and determination and resilience. And I'm, I'm not giving up. You better not. I'm not going to let you. I absolutely love it. Courtney, do you have anything else for her? Uh, no, I just want to say thank you for um, 
for your strength because I just I just left did a physical and my doctor told me to take more B9 vitamins and I ain't did it yet. So I just like, you know, I compliment you for just going through, you know, doing that because like men are hard headed. So when I hear you tell me this, tell us the story about, you know, you know, I just be like, ah, dumb, dumb men, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Like, you know, just because I know how we think, you know, we think about our health last, you know, so. I just thank you for telling us, uh, telling us your story, you know. For me, I needed everybody to hear CeCe's story because it's everybody's story. I know it's been mine. Yeah. I done did some shit that I shouldn't have did with some niggas that I shouldn't have did it with. Right. And, you know, by the grace of God, my journey is different. Yeah. But my journey is mine because it gives me an opportunity to bug people like CeCe to come on and, and help educate dumbasses like me. Yeah. Me and me. And I, appreciate it. I appreciate the platform because so many people, you know, you get diagnosed and you're afraid mainly of what everyone else is going to say, how they're going to react to you, what it is. I'm like, look, y'all, it's, it's not that. Like, I don't want to glamorize it, but yo, HIV is just a small part. You're going to use that to judge a whole person. No, I can't do that. You I cannot do I remember, um, like in 2006, my um, uncle he 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 created a church and he got to gave this guy a, a job to be a pastor, and so he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna do health screenings in the hood," and so we had like all these health people come out, and my uncle, you know, he's he's from the south, he older, he's like, "I can't believe all these people are here to do health screening and to get get AIDS tested and stuff." He's like, "If I got it, I don't even want to know." Wow. And I was like. Damn. <laughs> like, a lot of people think that way. And I went to, um, we're trying to move away from the term AIDS. We're just going to go ahead and stick with HIV in this world. Um, just because age, AIDS comes with such that stigma. It sounds yeah, so yeah. bad. And um, I want to quickly explain the difference between HIV and AIDS if that hasn't been done already. Okay. So, we all have T-cells. T-cells are our immune system cells. They're what support that. So HIV comes in and starts attacking those cells. Um, but those are the ones that help you fight stuff off. So once you get to 200 T-cells or less, that's when they start calling that AIDS. But we're not seeing as many people get into that critical area. And it's so critical because then you can start getting other um you know, age-related complications, those pneumonias and things. Um, we're not seeing so much of that because we have this availability of um, medication. So HIV, a lot of people don't want to know. I think that's why, because, you know, we do things sometimes that may put us at risk. And to know would mean that you would have to address it. So if you don't know, then... You wouldn't have to do anything, but I don't think that's a wise approach no, because if you don't know and something like you were infected, then you could potentially be you know, putting other people at risk. We Absolutely. don't want that. We want to stop this virus. Hey, I didn't had a few tests done publicly. Like I was at World AIDS Day and then I was at the Gay Pride. Mm -hmm. And I was so thankful for those tests because usually when you go to the doctor, they have like seven to 10 days to get back to you. Mm -hmm. And I'd be having the shits for seven or 10 days. I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> when you do it in public, it's like you have an hour. Really? You know, they give you a little ticket and a time and they say you come back. And oh yeah, now you can get your results within an hour. You ain't gotta wait till seven and ten days no more. Damn. Oh no, no. They do rapid testing now. So those rapid tests they check for the antibodies. So that the antibodies would show if you had been exposed to the virus. Doesn't necessarily mean that you would be positive if it returned positive, but you've been exposed to it. That's where that whole prep and stuff come. That would be pep at that point because you were exposed and now you're going to take the um, medicine to hopefully catch it before it develops into, you know, just HIV. So after a positive one of the rapid tests, then they send it off to get a confirmatory test. And that confirmatory test, that's the same test that like the American Red Cross does. Um, and that would actually verify whether or not that person was infected with the virus or not. So yeah. Like my son, he tested positive for the antibodies when he was first born because he was exposed through the birth canal. But then he took a medicine for the first seven weeks. It was a liquid that I had to give him. And he's been, he's tested negative ever since. Right. Isn't it like it's like a false positive or something that happens when they're exposed and they have up to like maybe a year or two to figure out if I'm it's sure. if it's going to be traceable. blood. I do. I have another friend. He's 20 something now and he doesn't have it, but his mother is positive and she's yes. doing they have a lot. Many people my age now, because, you know, the epidemic in the late 80s and such, a lot of us are in our 30s and they get treated, you know, just like anyone else, which sucks. Not that anyone should be treated any type of way because of their HIV status, but their actions, they had nothing to do with why they are positive and they get treated just the same way. And that's a different culture in its own because I can't relate. I know that there was a time when I was HIV negative, so I have those memories. Some of them don't even have that. I'm like, wow. Right. Cece, how old are you? 31. You just a baby. (laughs) 31. Um, And so this is my 11th year. It was, I turned 20 in February of that year, and in June I was diagnosed. I'm like, dang, this my whole 20s. That's all I know. Wow. Amazing. Amazing, amazing journey. I hope you share more. I hope you will come back. I hope that you will be a repeated guest. There are plenty of topics that you know about that I would love to speak to you about. And I'm waiting for you to write that book so I can be first in line at the book sign and get it signed. Oh, gosh. Thank you. Of course, I'll be back and out, out there on Instagram, just trying to spread this love and this joy. Um, Thank you so much, Sherry. No, thank you. And please, if you have something to say and you want to come back, let us know. Let's talk about it. All right. Thank you. See you. You're awesome. Real talk. You're awesome. Hugs Uh and kisses. And I'm going to hit you back up because we're going to get you back on your detox. Okay. Yes, do that. Please. <laughs> Put them burgers down. We need that summer body popping. Summer, I need two summers. Give me two summers and a detox. I got you. Okay, I'll give you two summers. <laughs> Go ahead and party. By the time okay. you're 33, I'm going to be on your head. 
Okay, okay. Deal. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, baby. Thank you. There are two new drugs on the market that I think every sexually active person needs to know about. One is called pre-exposed prophylactics or PrEP. It's a prevention option for people who are at high risk of HIV. It's meant to be used consistently as taken every day. Like maybe a birth control pill, you could say. Um, and it's used with other prevention options such as a condom. The other one I want to talk about is something that everybody needs to know about. I compare it to the morning after pill and it should be given automatically to all rape victims. Unfortunately, it's not automatically offered to everybody. So everybody needs to know because rape is a condom problem and it's called PEP. PEP is an antiviral drug and after a single high risk event, it can help stop HIV from making copies of itself and spreading through your body. PEP must be started as soon as possible to be effective. It needs to be started within three days of possible exposure. If you think that you might have been exposed to HIV recently, see your doctor as soon as possible and find out if PEP is right for you. Please take time to talk to your kids about HIV because it can be prevented with education. The more we know, the more we grow. Hey, if you want to continue to support Cherry's World, Cherry's World podcast, shop Urban Intellectuals. Shop Urban Intellectuals under Cherry J75. It helps keep this podcast up for the magic word free. So if you're a supporter of Cherry Johnson and the Cherry World podcast, shop Urban Intellectuals. Shop UrbanIntellectuals.com slash aff slash cherry j75 that's urbanintellectuals.com slash aff cherry j75 question are you tired of unsanitary work facilities like restrooms break rooms maybe even sitting at your desk with your allergies flaring up because the dust all around you is so thick you can write your name in it well, look no more. The answers to all your needs is here. We here at Special Care Janitorial have been servicing the Dallas Metroplex for over 11 years with a list of satisfied clients, small family-owned businesses, and large corporations. We stand on giving the type cleaning your mother would approve of. If you're seeking the cleaning with care, visit our website today at www specialcarejanitorial.com or reach out to one of our consultants at 469-772-0164 and always remember you're special because we care this is cherry's world can i just say this was a you did a great job and i i don't see any like paper or anything i don't know are you reading anything or are you just off the dome Like you did a, <laughs> no, seriously, you did a great job. Like I was scared to even talk because like I said, I grew up in the, I mean, you know, and I just came, we come from a, a ignorant, different side where everything was a fucking joke. Everything like I, I don't, I'm sure I, somebody has to have it, but nobody never, no, I don't know anybody. Nobody I'm close to has it. 
And I, it's, what's crazy is I have one, two, three, four, five, trying. I, I know quickly 10, 15 people. See, and I, I'm probably do too, but nobody has admitted it, so well, I don't. I don't know. That might be something too that nobody admits it. For some yeah. reason, the little girl from TV, you know, I have that face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People want to play True Confessions with you, um, and then being a nutritionist, yeah. unfortunately, Cece, I I can't say what my clients have, oh, but yeah. I ask them what their medicines are because I want to make sure that their food plan is not going to coincide. Like some medicines, if you're on heart medicine, you can't have grapefruit. You know what I'm saying? So I ask what the medicines are and that's how I found out. It's just, I, I just, I compliment her so much. Number one, for coming on here, telling her story. And, but more importantly. So brave. D- d- doing, living with it. Man, let me tell Man, we say we, we strong and stuff. I know once if somebody would have told me that at 20, I thought she was older than that. I thought she was older than us. And that's why I asked her to how old she is. Cause I knew cause it was on her intake form, but people think, Oh, it's the, it's the magic Johnson generation. And yeah. See, I thought she was older than us. I didn't know. It's, it's still going. And that's how we know that the education did not hit. Right. It did. You know, because it's still hitting people that are children. What? There are teenagers contracting HIV, and that makes no sense. Yeah, it don't. It don't. I remember just being like when Magic got it. I just shit. I remember just everything scared me, <laughs> like everything. And I was, you? I was, I was only, I was only twelve years old and wasn't even close to no pussy. Oh, I should, you know, you know what I mean. You I wasn't. Know, I done said everything. Yeah, but I wasn't even close to it. But man, yeah. you're talking about kissing made me scared. Everything. Let me let me explain to you. I'm so ignorant that there's this man who kind of follows me per se. Yeah. Like if I have a parent, so just show up. Oh wow. And um, one of my friends was like, "He's fine. How come you don't ever fuck with him?" If he'd been on you for years like that, I was like, oh, he's so persistent. I feel like he's trying to give me something. Yeah. Like, I'm scared. Yeah. Too persistent. What, 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 is, what, what? What do you want? Yeah. Yeah, so I might get, we might get off the show and I might go to the doctor next week and get me another test. This shit is scary than a motherfucker, man. It's scary. Like, man. Like, I do, and I didn't want to say it to her because I, I don't, I don't want to come across, because I think sometimes... I don't want to come across as being insensitive, but I just remember last year, was that last, was it 2019? So yeah, I think it was last year, a year before last, I had to get life insurance, you know? Yeah. And, and they did like a big test and everything. And they were like, you know, I just got my physical done too. And I got, you know, this this next test. And, and they were like, oh, okay, good. Said, oh, and then the lady was like, oh, you know, you we don't see too many black men at, at your age with good results like this. I was like, what you mean good results? Because I know that I'm a, I'm out of shape. I'm overweight. Like, and said, yeah, no, 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 we're not talking. We're not talking about that. Yeah. I was like, what's she talking about? So you ain't got hurt. You ain't got AIDS. You yeah. So, man, it's just it's that's wow. Man, let me tell you, when they took that test before when I got pregnant, yeah, I was like, I'm done. I'm tired, nigga. Never again. Pussy gonna have cobwebs, nigga. I'm done. <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, it, it make you think like that, cause yes. man, that's that. I just, I really My feel bad days. too. I'm pimped down, man, pimped down. I'm tired. 
I mean, and, and, and like you said, it's happening. It's so young. Yeah, like people don't, that's why I love to speak about epidemics. In fact, one day I hope we could do a show about Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah. Alzheimer's is, is technically how I lost my grandmother. Yeah. It started off as dementia, but yeah. Alzheimer's is the busy, biggest epidemic in the world. It is not HIV. Really? Everybody believes it's HIV. Alzheimer's is caused by heavy metals. Um, what you mean? It's one of the things that brings it on. That's why there's so much controversy around vaccines. Wait, what, what, what you mean is caused by heavy metals? What you heavy, mean? heavy metals in your body, like aluminum. Um, and that's why people have problems giving their kids vaccines. With I didn't even know my body had aluminum in it. Well, they injected you in it if you're vaccinated. And they injected your children with it if they're vaccinated. Oh, wow. So let's do a show about um, vaccines. It'll be light. We'll talk about vaccines and autism, vaccines and yeah. um, Alzheimer's. I sat on the Alzheimer's board for 25 years. Oh. Um, my mother was a nurse. She's retired now as of four years. She retired when my baby was born. Nice. She could help me. Yeah. Um, and she worked in the Alzheimer's ward, which she renamed the Reminiscence ward because as you develop alzheimer's that's what you do you reminisce and that's probably why i'm so okay with my mother with my grandmother passing because it wasn't devastating or a shock when it hit your grandmother that was your mom's mother yes wow i was able to enjoy my grandmother and enjoy the reminiscing with her instead of fighting with her or fighting the dementia and wanting her to be somebody that she wasn't yeah. I celebrated what it was. Can I ask you a question? I know we ain't talking about that yet, but let me ask you. You heard about that lady, B. Smith? Yeah. So they said that she has, like, Alzheimer's, right? Yes, absolutely. How do you feel well, about that situation? About B or her husband and his girlfriend? Yeah, that. I am devastated for B. Mm-hmm. B does not know. Right. Because she does not know, I find comfort in that for her. Yeah. I think that he's an asshole. I don't even know how to sugarcoat it and say it nice. Yeah. But he took these vows to love, honor, protect, obey, yeah. and be there for her. And he's there for her money. They're just waiting for her to die so he can spend. That's crazy. But they said that B. Smith actually knew this woman. Noodle one. Yeah. It's the most disrespectful shit ever. For real. Like, think about it. You have a wife, right? Yeah. 30, 40 years from now, God forbid something happens to your wife. Right. You're going to move some white woman in her house. I'm a hell. I'm going to whoop your ass. But you know what the thing is? <laughs> I, I couldn't. My kids wouldn't let me do that. <laughs> like, that's what I don't. Well, it's his daughter. It's not B's daughter. Oh. The daughter that you see is his. But That's even nah, stay out of other people's business. I don't see what who would do that. Who I don't know. I just live in. I don't know. I couldn't. What I couldn't happens do. when you marry a groupie? Ah, that's what happens. That's a groupie. That's what we were talking about earlier. You know, she, she didn't know she married a groupie. That's and I'm not saying he doesn't love her. Yeah. He's a fucking. He's. I have issues with men. With a lot of men because it's just. If that's what he wants to do, that's fine. Yeah. She has Alzheimer's. You don't have to bring that in her home. Exactly. 
Exactly. That's that's what I said on the show before. I was like, why would you bring that person home? That's a level of respect. Yeah. That's Just like I, I got more respect, and I, this sounds wrong as a crazy girl. I got more respect for the man who cheats that goes out and be like, I don't know that bitch. <laughs> bitch, I don't know you. What the fuck you talking Lying ass bitch. Then <laughs> just go. And that's wrong because if it was me, I want somebody to tell me the truth. Nah, well, I, understand, I understand that he don't know her. But if he turns around and says, Yeah, I know, what you gonna do? Yeah, he don't respect you. That right there is crazy. Yeah, he don't respect you. If you come and you say, Baby, I done fucked up. Yeah. I done made a mistake. I done did this. I shouldn't have did that. Then I fully respect you because you're being a man, you're owning up to it. Right. But if you wait until she's slapped in the face with it. Yeah. And you hit her with the, I did it. Yeah. Oh no, we fight him. <laughs> he said we fight him. <laughs> one day I'll tell you about one of my really bad dates, and I knew my dude was guilty at this moment, but all I could do was laugh. Welcome to Cherry's World.